Good evening, everybody. You're gonna, I need to like put a stripe on that, the long hand, because I never can determine which one's the long one, and then I get, yeah, get it wrong. So, we are started very late, so we'll try to uh, get through this, not keep everybody too late. But it is a good lesson. Um, we are on lesson number three, Dare to Serve the King. We have our first two, um, Dare to Answer God's Call. Lesson two is Dare to Take on Giants, and now we're on Dare to Serve the King. Going through David's life here. All right, so as an intro, one of the most significant times in David's life was the time he spent as a servant to Saul. We know that David served his father well as a shepherd, but the time he came, but the time came when he was given a larger role as a servant to his king. God's word makes it clear that Christians are to be servants. In the New Testament, we see disciples serving people, we see deacons serving the widows, but behind it all we see the Lord Jesus Christ himself came not to be served, but to serve. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. From David's service to Saul, we learn practical truths that we can apply to our lives. Um, Andy, could you open us up in a word of prayer? Father, Amen. So for our first point, we have what by the king? What by the king? Claimed. Claimed by the king. Saul took notice of the young shepherd uh, who courageously defeated the giant, and Saul claimed David as one of his palace servants. And we'll go around the room as normal reading uh, the scriptures. So, Dad, if you would, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 2. And Saul took him that day and would, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Although David had not been purchased by King Saul, he knew who his master was and to whom he owed his loyalty and service. It is singularly important singularly important to realize that we also have been claimed about by our king. In our case, we have, we have actually been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. By tradition from your fathers, who with the precious blood of Christ is of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The word redeemed means bought back. We were once his because he was our maker, and we were made to bring glory to God. When an owner purchases something, he rightly assumes that it belongs to him, and that he can do with it as he pleases. First Corinthians chapter six, nineteen and twenty reminds us that we are not our own, and that we are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the symbol of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Once we are redeemed, 
we are to fulfill his purpose for us, which is to walk with him and serve him. Since we have been purchased by Christ, we should live to please him. Illustration story they have here. Um, and this guy must um, really like violin music because he always has an illustration of violin music. So this is no exception. A famous violinist played for a large crowd. After his performance, he bowed and started to walk off the stage. As he did, the crowd gave him a standing ovation and yelled, Encore, Encore. The man walked back to center stage and played another amazing piece. After he was done, he once again bowed and walked off the stage. This time, the crowd stood and cheered even louder, Encore. Again, the violinist obliged and returned to play for the audience. Finally, he exited the backstage. Backstage, the man was approached by reporters. Why would you do so many encore performances, they asked. The violinist replied, the man who taught me to play was in the audience tonight. When the crowd stood and cheered the first time, he was the only one still sitting. After the second time, he was still sitting. When I finished playing the last song, my teacher finally rose to his feet, satisfied. I wanted only to please my teacher. So, Christians, whom are we living to please? Uh, is our lives focused on receiving the praises of men, or are we striving to please our master, Jesus Christ? Let's keep our focus on the Lord and live to please him, that we may one day hear his words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Subpoint A, he was claimed for? Service. Service. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I wish we had a little, uh, little buzzer to see who got that one. Should have got that. Uh, Saul chose David to serve him. The word of God states that David was no longer to be allowed to go home. Whereas previously, David would come and minister Saul with his music on occasion. Saul now felt that David's presence was such an asset that he wanted him there to be full-time. As believers, we need to understand that while it is true we are not called to be in full-time Christian work, we are called to be full-time Christians. We are to serve our king full-time no matter how we make our living. As for our service at, at church, are we truly involved? Are we the type of servants that our pastor wants and needs us to be, or are we satisfied just to make an occasional visit to church or simply occupy a pew? When something needs to be done, can we be counted on uh, to lend a hand? Remember that we are ultimately serving not only the pastor or the church family, but our king. Colossians chapter 3, 23 through 24, I believe that's me and whatsoever you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ alright so not all the jobs in the church are prominent and glamorous but is often um, it, and it kind of has an illustration story it's kind of long and it talks um, he talks about um, Winston Churchill uh, trying to get some people together uh, to increase their coal production for World War II. And, um, and so he, his speech kind of went like, uh, he said, imagine a crowd after the war and we've won the war and you had the sailors come in and the soldiers come in and 
all these, and then there's be some black-faced guys come in, and they'll ask you, so where were you all war? And they said, we'll be in, uh, we've been, what does he say? We were deep in the earth where our faces to the coal. So in reference to that, uh, goes on, not all the jobs in a church are prominent and glamorous, but it is often the people with their faces to the coal who help the church accomplish its mission. Uh, Subpoint B, he was claimed for separation. separation. Ooh, good one. Down through history, people's names and fortunes were often tied to a house and family. In English history, one might think of the rival houses of York and Lancaster during the 15th century War of the Roses, or today the House of Windsor. Is that how you say that? Windsor. I've always seen it, but I never really heard it pronounced, so I figure I probably pronounced it wrong. Uh, in America today, we might think of prominent families like the Rockefellers or the Kennedys. In this passage, Saul claims David for his house. While David was still the son of Jesse, he was now belonged to the house of Saul. While we are still children of our parents, we are now part of the family of God. When a man joins the army, he is separated from his family. When a man truly joins the Lord's army, it requires a degree of separation from the previous alliances. It made me think of the Gomer pile. I'm going to be your mama and your daddy. <laughs> so I guess that's how it is. Um, it says how we are as, as Christians when we join the Lord's army. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. And Katura. When God bought us with his blood, he claimed us for separation to him and from the world. By separating ourselves from the world, we bring honor to his name. Let's see. And he has another story here, and I'll just kind of paraphrase it. Uh, in the book, Christ Called a Discipleship, author J.M. Boyce tells of a young soldier who was saved during the world War One. As he prepared to return to his pre-war life, he was concerned that his old friends would pull him back into his old habits. Um, he goes on to say that uh, the man who led the young soldier to Christ counseled him that if he would um, make his profession of faith um, to Christ public, that he really probably wouldn't have uh, problems with his old friends pulling him back into sin. And so he tasked him to make sure he tells the first 10 people, uh, his, um, his first 10 friends, just tell him straight up what has happened, make that the first thing. So goes on, he does that, basically the first one, like, oh, that's great, never really heard from them again. And then he, he did that for three or four by like the fifth or sixth. I don't even know if he got to five. None of his friends really kind of like came around or talked to him, so... Okay, so uh, so kind of ending that big long story. Uh, he, so he, um, let's see. So so what had he done? Nothing but confessed Christ. The same confession that had aligned uh, aligned him with Christ had separated him from those who did not want Jesus Christ as Savior. 
and who, in fact, did not even want to hear about him. Point number two, what by the king? Commissioned. Commissioned by the king. In verse 5, we find David being commissioned by his king. 1 Samuel 18, 5. Uh, Esther. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Saul sent David out as a representative of himself. Wherever David went, he reflected the leadership of Saul. Knowing this, David behaved himself wisely. One of the most important passages of the Bible is found in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Uh, do you have a book, Abby? Yes. <clears throat> Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is the Great Commission. God gave us the directive to go, win, baptize, and teach. Just as Saul's reputation depended on David's fulfilling his commission, wisely the reputation of God depends on how we fulfill his commission. Subpoint A, he was commissioned as a... Servant. Uh-huh. Tara is the wordscape guru in our family. The Bible states that David went out. This commissioning entailed his leaving the comforts of the palace and the capital. As servants today, we need to answer God's commission by daily asking, Lord, where would you have me to go? What would you have me to do? He may ask us to leave the comforts of our home to go on a foreign mission field, or he may simply ask us to leave our comfort zone. Because we are his servants, our answer should always be uh, one of submission. That one kind of yeah, really hit home. Of He's always calling us to a mission field. It doesn't necessarily mean foreign, but there's always people that... Um, the Lord has us, wants us to be talking to and um, witnessing to. And so that, that, getting out of our comfort zone and getting in the field is, uh, he calls us to do that. And it's kind of tough. And sometimes I have a hard time asking those questions to the Lord because I kind of already know the answer. <laughs> so, yeah, I need to let Christ work my heart there. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found, found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Christ's commission for coming into this world in human form was to serve. In his life and by his death, we are commanded to be of the same mind of Christ, a servant to the will of the Father. When William, uh, illustration here, when William Carey's son, Felix, was appointed as ambassador to Burma by the Queen of England, 
It bothered his father. Previously, Felix had committed to be a missionary, but then decided to take the position of ambassador instead. Carrie is known for saying, pray for Felix. He has degenerated into an ambassador of the British government when he should have been serving the King of Kings. Subpoint B, he was commissioned as a leader. David began making a reputation for himself. What a tremendous testimony he gained as he behaved himself wisely. The end result of this was that he was given further responsibilities. First, David went out as a representative and a messenger. Then he was set over the men of war. David illustrates here that those who are found faithful in small responsibilities will have an opportunity to be faithful in greater responsibilities. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is, is unjust also in much. Our leadership is often determined by our servitude. Just as God did with David, he will entrust us in leadership positions if we first prove faithful in our servant positions. Sub, er, point number three, what by the king? Commended. Commended. Commended by the king. Everyone likes to be commended. You can imagine how wonderful it must have been for a young man like David to be commended by the king of his country. As wonderful as it, as it was to be commended by such a prominent man, how much more wonderful would it be to, to be commended by the king of kings? It ought to be the goal of every believer to live in such a way that he will receive the greatest of all accolades is found in Matthew 25, 21. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Subpoint A. He was commended for his character. All right. Commended for his character. David's character was developed through a series of right choices, and it created a testimony for David. It was said about him that he behaved himself wisely. The Bible tells us three effects of David's wise behavior. 1 Samuel 18, 14 through 15 and verse 30. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. And the princes of the Philistines went forth. And it came to pass, after they went forth, that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. All right. First, it showed that the Lord was with him, verse 14. Second, it created fear in the heart of an unspiritual king, in verse 15. Finally, it was so obvious that even the princes of the Philistines knew that David behaved himself more wisely than any of Saul's other servants, in verse 30. As we go about our daily business, whether or not it is in the public spotlight, does our character say about us uh, that we behave ourselves wisely? Do we live according to the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom? Psalms 110.10 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Are those around us taking notice of our character? Are we letting our light shine before men as Jesus commanded? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Be more concerned with your character than with your reputation. Your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And that is a quote from John Wooden, uh, former coach of the UCLA Bruins. The supreme test of goodness is not in the greater, but in the smaller incidents of our character and practice. Not what we are when standing in the searchlight of public scrutiny, but when we reach the fire flicker of our homes. Not what we are when some uh, clarion coal ring through the air, which I'm not even sure what that means, but I should have looked it up. Uh, rings through the air, summoning us to fight for life and liberty, but our attitude when we are called to sentry duty in the gray morning, when the watchfire is burning low. It is impossible to be our best at the supreme moment if our character is corroded and eaten into by daily inconsistencies, unfaithfulness, and besetting sin. And that is a quote from Dr. F.B. Myers. Um, so I thought that, that was pretty neat quote of yeah really you are who you are not in front of people but in that the moment when you're by yourself at home doing the things you are normally doing um, alright so sub point B he was uh, commended by the people he was commended by the people. <clears throat> now we see David's, uh, we see in David's career that not only does he have the blessing of God and the respect of the king, he is also commended by the people. When God's hand of blessing is evident in your life, it is common for people to hear of your reputation and want to see it with their own eyes. This was illustrated here in David's life and again in the life of Solomon when the Queen of Sheba came to see if what she had heard was true regarding his wisdom and his riches. She was more than con uh, convinced. In fact, her verdict is found in 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 7. I have been not told me that wisdom and prosperity exceeded the thing which I heard. Beware of seeking the approval and praise of people. Seek Seek first and foremost the commendation of God and let him do with you as he will. But as you live for God and your devotion becomes evident, it may be that God will begin to magnify you. By that, it, uh, he is meaning advance, uh, lift up, and promote, increase your influence. And in that way, it, it kind of... Um, kind of what he's kind of talking about there. Like, because I was kind of thinking of, like, why would God want to do that? 
but I was kind of thinking maybe the reason why God lifts some people up is really that last one is to increase their influence. So if they have, if you have a greater influence, if he lifts you up, you got a bigger platform to be able to reach more people. So if it's lifting up your ego, that's not good. But if it's in increasing your influence, um, the Lord can really use that. So, yep, the, in the end result will be that your usefulness will increase, and as you have proven yourself faithful in the small responsibilities, God will give you bigger responsibilities. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will, so I will be with thee. So, in conclusion... The need for servants is greater today than ever before, uh, especially thinking about today's, um, again, current methodologies of you need to lift yourself up, you need to build yourself up, you need to build up your self-worth, you need to build up your monetary worth, uh, and you really need to be seeking a higher position. Uh, you need to be climbing that corporate ladder at all that stuff but um so today than ever before if we will emulate david by acknowledging god's claim on our lives and accepting his commission we can walk wisely and live with our king's commendation on our service instead of seeking this let god increase our influence um, and just fall under his His service there, so we can be. We'll see. Our three points being: we're claimed by the king, then we can be commissioned by the king, and ultimately that the Lord can um, find us faithful. Um, so that is the conclusion of this lesson. So let's run through a couple of the questions. So when Saul took David into his full-time service, what position was he given? It kind of. Yep. So you kind of had kind of two at the same time. He's kind of under Saul, and then Saul set him over the men of war. So he's kind of like First, he's employed in the as a servant, and then put him over the men of war. So, yeah. So there's kind of two there. Trick question, huh? How does the Bible describe David's behavior as Saul's servant? He behaved himself wisely. He also um, went out whithersoever Saul sent him. Uh, how did the people regard David as his new role? or in his new role. We kind of went over this last week a little bit, too. But he was accepted. He was accepted in the sight of all the people. How did Saul's servant view David? Um, how did Saul's servants view David in his new role? He was accepted by Saul's servant as well. Why does our king have the right to claim us for his service? 
redeemed us and bought us back, paid for us with his own blood. Um, you know, even first he, he made us, he's our maker. Um, and then he, he redeemed us and bought us back. What Bible passage is commonly called the Great Commission, and what is the commission? Matthew 28. And what is that commission? So there is uh, four. There's go, preach, baptize, and teach. Yep. How can we behave ourselves wisely as we go about our daily lives? Ooh, this is a big, big open question there. Um, yeah, again, I, th- I think in regards to our lesson tonight in being um, in service for the Lord is, um, is really asking ourselves what the Lord wants us to do and being that um, uh, what David was to Saul being kind of um, oh, ambassador for the Lord and um, seeking souls there. If we behave ourselves wisely, what could some of the results be? The big end question. Really, ultimately, uh, what comes to my mind is, you know, if we're ambassadors for Christ, we should be looking for results that he's wanting. Ultimately, that's really to see, see people saved. Um, but there could be a lot of, a lot of other things. Um, what, and what, what was one thing we were talking about? If we're out there behaving wisely for the Lord, we're doing the little things, what might he do? He might expand our influence. Um, what he was talking about, and we might be commended by him, commended by people, which is really expanding our influence. Uh, we may reach others more for him. So that concludes our lesson. Well, oh, and they had a memory verse uh, as part of it. And it's kind of a really key verse in today's lesson. That is really good. Um, and that verse was First uh, Samuel 18, verse 5. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. As I was thinking about this and service, I know at work, probably what set what will separate us from all other companies is our service. Um, we need service people. We're getting to the point where it used to be where you spend a lot of money on advertising and going to shows, but with technology, we're able to kind of bring people to our place and. You're kind of finding out, like with products, um, people don't need somebody to come and be a salesman to it. You can get the information, and as long as you stand behind your product, and as long as you've got good reviews, and that you'll, again, stand uh, behind it and will service, or, and, and you all know this, when you go to try to get something done, and you go try to call if, you, if you've got service or not, or if you're going through this big phone thing and you're waiting on the phone forever. Um, yeah, that's becoming the difference. Like, everybody has a product. 
um, you start reading, it's really you have to have a good product to compete, and it's either, you know, you want product A, B, or C, and it's like it, it, it really doesn't matter when you look at cars today. I mean, there's so many different brands. They do so many different, they're, but they're all saying they have to, to compete, but the service is where it's at. And uh, so this lesson is really about being a servant and kind of emphasizing that that service. And so that's kind of what I thought. Anybody else have any thoughts or comments? Kathleen. For me, I believe that it's kind of like the Christians should be the happiest and the most genuine character, uh, character-wise, like people can say, people will say, and they do say, you know, stuff about Christians, but they shouldn't be able to say anything against our character or how we did something or um, our countenance um, as ambassadors of the Lord that we should be able to, not that it's always easy, especially when in today's world, it's all crazy, but that's, they will see that as a, something different than mm -hmm. genuine mm -hmm. um, as we serve others, being happy to serve and willing to serve, um, which is a big difference. Like you can often tell, pick a Christian out um, just because of how they serve mm -hmm. their character. Yes, John. Yeah. And one of the other things that kind of hit me of to see in David's life, especially in this lesson of his, uh, just his servitude of he was excited about serving the king he did whatever he asked and he just like seemed like he just took joy in just serving Saul um, <laughs> if I had half that attitude lessons it's, it's serving sometimes it feels like you get walked on but God still so if we keep our eyes on him and serving him he never walks on us and uh, he'll bring bring things to pass well done thou good and faithful servant all right let's pray father thank you for this lesson tonight about David and seeing the progression of his life and seeing how he was called, how God used him. Um, he took him out of his his family, set him in another situation, and, and um, you see how he was commended and how he was lifted up. And uh, Lord, I pray that um, we would be uh, like David in our service to you and, and let you do what you will, where you will, in Jesus' name.